Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight Series presented by the Black Podcasters Association. My name is Corey Gums and I'm the founder as well as your host. Just to give you guys some background, the Spotlight Series is a weekly show where we highlight Black podcasters, creatives, and podcast support professionals from our online community. Our goal is to bring a spotlight to our members and help raise awareness of their unique journeys growing in, in this growing medium called podcasting. Um, in today's episode, we'd like to welcome another one of our community members, Tiffany Dewberry. Uh, she is the host of the cannabis-infused podcast, Menage with the Mary Jane Maven. Um, and I believe the purpose of this podcast is to help eradicate ne negative stereotypes while helping to elevate lives. Um, I also want to, I'm going to allow Tiffany to, to tell us her story and explain her podcast, but I just want to point out too, I noticed on your um, page that you were nominated uh, recently for the 2022 Orange County Cannabis Award in the category of cannabis education slash educational speaker. So I would love to definitely learn more about that as well. But um, enough about me. Let's start talking about you. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, you are just you are just my favorite person right now because I was, of course, going to talk about the Cannabis uh, Awards. Um, it is something that I'm very, 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 very proud of, the accomplishment and a couple of the things that I've done this year. However, I will go back and start at the beginning. Uh, this is your girl, Mary Jane Maven. Um, and as, you know, my government, Tiffany Dewberry, but you may refer to me as the Mary Jane Maven. Um, the Mary Jane Maven is a brand. It is so much more than just my podcast. We are a multifaceted um, company. Um, and it's really just, like I said, a lifestyle brand, a lifestyle, wellness, and education brand. Okay. Um, just a little bit about myself. It's, you know, I love kind of talking about myself, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this streamlined as much as possible. Um, I, you know, I enjoyed cannabis in college. Um, prior to that, I was scared to death because my father is a very large, stern, intimidating black man. And I always knew that if I came home high, they would know. Reason being is because I remember finding their, uh, their rolling tray and their, uh, their roach clip, you know, with the, with the rabbit's foot way back in the day. <laughs> but so I was always like, I will never, I will never, ever, ever. Um, first time that I did smoke, I lit my nail on fire. I was 18, getting ready to graduate, working, great grades, and, you know, a little peer pressure. My friends were like, come on, you don't do anything. Just try it. Just try it. So I said, all right, you know, we're riding around in, in my friend's uh, Honda Accord. And I closed my eyes as I was lighting the pipe. And all of a sudden, my friend says, excuse my language. She says, bitch, your nail's on fire. Give me that. <laughs> and they were like, you're, you're, you're done. You're no longer, mm -mm, you're not allowed to smoke with this. Um, it took a couple of years later um, for me to become a connoisseur. Um, I remember the first time that I was elevated. I watched the country music channel for hours and cried. That's how faded I was. Um, but I knew then that I felt like myself. Um, it was just something, it was just something powerful about it. Um, so going to college, met my husband. You know, I didn't think that uh, at a private university like UC Davis, I was like, oh, no, everybody there is a genius. Nobody smokes police. Everybody did. Um, so it was it was a, a, a part of the life that I was able to, you know, continue to enjoy. Um, upon graduating, my husband and I got married in 2005. And uh, in January of 2006, multiple sclerosis decided to be like, hey, 
you're you look fun. You look like somebody I want to go ahead and I just I want to sit right here and, and be in your life. So I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in January of 2006. Um, I had I won't say the name of the organization, but let's just say that what everybody says about this uh, healthcare. Once you have a major uh, problem, you'll see just how kind of shitty they are. And they were. Um, I had the neurologist walk into the office looking through his paperwork, didn't even know my name. And he says, oh, yeah, so you have uh, multiple sclerosis. Here's some pamphlets. Go home, read about it, research it on Google. Come back and let me know what you want to do. Now, Google's, you know, great now. Auntie Google. Don't know how we survived without her. But back then, anything that you searched, you got the bad news. Um, So I didn't understand what I was reading. And, um, you know, for about six months, I want to say I rebelled in a way. My fantastic husband let me do it. And then after about six months, he said, okay, great. You know, we've been to every club. You've probably drank about every, you know, drop of Hennessy or vodka there is in these clubs. Um, I allowed you your time to, to, you know, to kind of deal with it in your way. But we have a life to live. Um, we, you know, we, we have plans and, and I wanted to continue that way. So at that time, very young, I was 27, I believe, um, where I didn't, you know, most people don't have to worry about their, their medical care, but I had to become very diligent and find the right neurologist for me, find the right health care for me. Um, and we did, that. and I found a fantastic neurologist who, to this day, you know, when I go to see him, we are just, we're just reminiscing. We're talking about his vacations. We're talking about what's going on with his new girlfriend. And then the last 15 minutes, he does the test, you know. Um, but he's always said that he admires the way that I, um, you know, deal with, with the illness. And the way that I decided was I wasn't going to claim it. I wasn't going to let it become me. That way I felt like it wasn't going to manifest. Um, and it's been since 2006 and I'm healthy. Um, I've got a couple of, you know, things happen here and there, but I am so resolute in my decision to utilize cannabis as far as my health. Um, I don't use any of the medication that, you know, they prescribe. If you guys watch any of the commercials nowadays, MS medicine is out there in the forefront. And if I hear one more, you know, uh, side effect that is basically death is the worst thing. Um, you know, that's, that, that doesn't provide any solace to anybody who's going through um, a central nervous system illness, um, such as multiple sclerosis. So I have chose to use the flower power as I referred, uh, power flower as I referred to it, you know, as a, Chris, was it Chris said it in Friday and Friday? He put it here for me and you. It grows it's from the ground. It's a plant. What could be wrong with it? Versus, you know, the man-made stuff that's in, you know, in the, uh, in the big pharma. Um, so I was in corporate sales for a while and I did well. But every couple of years, I was looking for something else. I just wasn't happy. Um, I always had a side hustle. I did um, passion parties. I did designer jeans sales. I did event planning as far as weddings and things like that. Um, at the jobs that I had, and I called them jobs because it was just being over broke. It was not a career. Right. Um, and it wasn't what my passion and purpose was. But they would always kind of, you know, pacify me by saying, here, plan this, do this, do this. Because they knew that I had other skills and other talents and other interests. I just didn't know it myself. 
Um, I like to say that I was living in fear instead of living in my passion and purpose. I'm sorry, I have a candle going and it looks like I am in a fire right now. Okay, <laughs> no problem. I thought you guys were blowing. <laughs> I was like, I saw, I saw, I saw the smoke coming across. I was like, all right. Big time. I just thought play, play true to the game. <laughs> very talented. I can talk and smoke it. Nobody even knows. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, so I, um, unfortunately, um, in 2016, my sister-in-law um, at the age of 41 was diagnosed with cancer and Unfortunately, six months later to the day, um, even though she had bone marrow, um, transplanted everything by all medical purposes, she was great. Um, December 4th, actually, she, she passed. And she was young and she was so full of life. And it just, it really hit me hard. And I told myself, I've got to figure out what it is that I want to do. I, you know, I stopped saying, oh, I'm an Aries, I'm flighty. That's what it is. I'm just going to bounce from job to job to job, you know, as long as I was making uh, good money. But that wasn't, you know, what my purpose in this universe is. And so once I identified, discovered, and defined what my passion was, my purpose just fell right into my lap. And that became the Mary Jane Maven. Um, and being a cannabis educator, um, and it's grown from just doing kind of affiliate work um, I'm very resourceful. So when I quit my job, one day, my husband dropped me off. I was late. It was after a three-day weekend. This is how much I hated it. I went in late, talked to everybody, took, you know, breaks and did all this other stuff. And when I finally went back to my, my desk, I just started clearing everything off. And I, you know, started typing up my resignation letter. And um, I told my husband, you know, I, I quit. He says, good. I've been waiting for you to make the decision to find out what it is that you're going to do. Um, he's a teacher. And so he says, you know, let's just get through the summer together. Um, and then you can worry about it in September. I can't do that. I'm an Aries. So this entire time I got searching and I was, you know, trying to figure out what I needed to do. Right. And um, I started holding the number, what, what became the number one networking um, events here in Sacramento uh, for about two years. And during that time, that's what allowed me to uh, really start to cultivate the Mary Jane Maven, because it was so many people who I was out and, you know, about using cannabis and about wanting to be in the industry. And, you know, everybody kind of did this, waited till I was by myself and they'd come and go, so my cousin has some money, you know, and starts whispering. I'm like, why are you whispering? It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's legal. Um, you know, yeah. let's talk about it. But I started noticing then that there was interest in not only the plant as um, medicinal use, but the opportunities that it was going to provide for people to be entrepreneurs and to hopefully build generational wealth. My main focus right away were people of color because I started going to events and I was the only black woman. Few of the women, but everybody that was there, they were clicked up already, you know, because, right, right. you know, they, they <laughs> got the money from their grandma or, you know, they, they, that black card, they went ahead and then <laughs> and exhausted all the funds there. But it was just a bunch of people together who used to be in like mortgages and they were like, oh, let's go try this weed thing. And it infuriated me because I have a story to tell. I have, um, you know, a, a I don't want to say an illness, but I have a medical condition that I use cannabis for and that it actually helps to elevate my life. And I did not want to see this industry, one, being taken away from us once again and us being disenfranchised, but also 
the wrong people being in charge and it becoming what good old America likes to do, which is, uh, you know, make everything about money. So uh, one day I, I told myself this is not going to become the green rush, not on my duty, not, not on, on my watch. So I started to become very prevalent in, uh, in the area and hosting events. Um, and what I did was I had them be a collaboration and networking event. But what I wanted it to be was a kick it like how we have it. So you could smoke. There was food. There were, you know, there were speakers. There were dancers. There were entrepreneurs that were selling their, you know, their jewelry or their clothes or whatever. But I just wanted it to be like, you know, a, a uh, you know, short of playing these and, and doing the wobble. I just wanted it to be that kind of community because I wanted people to feel like they could start collaborating. Right. One thing that I will say about us is that we're always so worried about, and it's not a bad thing. It's how, you know, how we have to be within this country, but focusing on our end goal that we may miss an opportunity to collaborate with somebody who then we can together go even further and be even right. more successful. Um, so I started working with the equity program. I'm not sure if, you, you know, in your, in your cities and towns, if you guys have equity programs, um, equity programs are meant to help those that have been disenfranchised, those who have um, past crimes yeah. um, or past charges, um, or, you know, somebody who maybe lives in a low income neighborhood or something like that. You know, each, each city, each county, each state is different, but it's to help people of color be able to get into the industry and to take away that obstacle of money because, you know, that is the easiest uh, well, smoke screen to, to have. Into it, so, yeah. you know, it's expensive to get your licensing and the training and stuff. Very, so. very much. Yeah. Um, and I think most people thought right away, well, I don't have a million dollars to, you know, start a dispensary. Right. So what I wanted to do was allow people to find out that you did not have to be flower touching. That's a great thing. It's very spiritual. Go ahead and grow your own in your backyard. But you did not need to be a major cultivator or manufacturer, you know, right off the bat. Now, if you want to get there, definitely don't give up on it. But take baby steps because this is a new industry as far as within our, you know, our uh, economic system and within this country. So we have to make sure that we understand it inside and out so okay. that it works best for us. Um, so part of what I do as well, and uh, as you mentioned, um, the Mary Jane Maven and, and my tagline or my mission is to educate eradicate and elevate so first i would like to educate so that we can just completely eradicate all of the you know bs stigmas that are involved right um, my grandmother who is 80 saved sanctified stamp down for glory first lady of a church um you know that was dope that was dope that oh no and uh, my grandfather passed unfortunately and they were married 60 plus years and wow. uh, her doctor took her off of the 30 daily medications that she was on and had been on for 20, 30 years, cold turkey, and told her to take Excedrin for pain as she was grieving. I told my grandma, I don't said, look, don't be mad at me. I don't know what verse it is in the Bible, but where it talks about the tree of life, that's cannabis. I said, grandma, just trust me. I'm going to make sure that you can at least not be in pain. Um, so I went and, you know, bought her a lot of CBD um, edibles. And uh, then I moved her up to a vape pen. And then my grandma was calling me, talking about, hey, girl, can you give me some of that BCR? I'm like, I'm like oh, THC? Okay. All right, grandma. So now you want to move up. So I started her on a, you know, a, a high um, ratio of, it was 18, no, 20 to 1. So that she was getting some of the psychoactive benefits, um, you know, to help her through the grieving process 
but overall she was getting the wellness and the relaxation that she needed um, from the CBD aspect. Okay. So being able to, I was going to do it anyway because I'm hella grown, but being able to convince my grandmother, my aunts, uncles, you know, that the more religious side of my family, that it is not dope. Um, you're not going to burn in hell. Um, and to let them know that I was building a career off of helping people to live a better life. Um, it just kind of, it really kind of validated for me and it let me know that I was on the right track. So, uh, that was 2016. Um, my husband always knew that I wanted to, I wanted to have a radio show. I'm not going to tell you my little tagline that I had, but I had one. <laughs> um, and podcasting was huge. I love the read. I love, uh, like I said, Charlemagne. Um, I just love that opportunity for people to have a platform to speak their mind and truly be themselves. Um, but then to talk about issues that we need to talk about, you know, and uh, needs to be talked about as a whole, not just within our, you know, little pockets in our families. So uh, my husband would not let me come up with any more excuses as far as, oh, well, the boys and you and you coach basketball and this. And what about the equipment? And he said, oh, OK, OK, all right. Found a studio and um, going on our third season of uh, Menage with the Mary Jane Maven. Um, I absolutely love it. And it's gone from one podcast to four that I am four, okay. hosting. Yes. Um, and I mean, I love to talk. Um, I'm not saying, you know, that I have the right answer all the time, pretty close. I like to say either I'm very, very nose, nosy, observant or psychic, one of the three. Um, but I, I do think that I have a story to tell. Um, I do want to say that part of my journey and discovering where I needed to go is I give all, all, all credit to The Alchemist. Um, I read that book and it changed my life. It changed my way of thinking. It's, it's absolutely great. If somebody out there is feeling like they're just kind of floating and just bobbing, you know, their head's just staying above water and they don't know what to do. They don't know what journey they're supposed to be on. Um, read it. I, I'm telling you, it's like somebody's writing the book for you as you're reading it. Um, it's an easy read. It's not one of those complicated reads either. So it is. It is. Probably finish it in a day or two. Well, I, yeah. know I finished it in a day or two. Yeah, and I can't believe I became one of the people that were like that was highlighting and writing notes in a book. And I'm like, what am I doing? I always talked about people who did that. Um, but it's great to be able to go back to. So no matter what part of my journey that I'm on now. Um, you know, I kind of like to go back to it to remind me that your way of thinking is the most powerful thing that you will ever have um, possession of. That's the one thing that you can control is your mindset and making the life that you want to live. Um, live your life every day like you're living the life that you want to live every day. Um, and, you know, I, I live by that and a lack of passion is fatal. So I try to make sure that I, I educate myself so that I can continue to be as passionate about this plant um, as I always have been and I will continue to be until I'm 90, 100 years old. Um, you know, it's provided so many different opportunities for me to do what I saw for myself deep down. And like I said, I was living in fear instead of living within my passion and purpose. Um, so you know, the education, the eradication, and then that allows people to do like I did and live their 
quality of life the way that they choose to, to be in control of it, to use your, your doctor and your, your medical practitioner as a tool, not as the, you know, the Wizard of Oz who knows everything, because you know they I, don't. I have a question for you, um, <clears throat> because, um, you know, we're not represented in large amounts in the cannabis space, and you actually, and then you're a black woman on top of that, which just narrows it even more further down. Um, how do you utilize your podcast to help bring awareness to, you know, to for, for people of color or, or black people in general, more, more segmented group, and for black uh, women as well? Uh, you know, that was my main focus when I started. I wanted women to go through the journey that I went through. I feel like every woman, mother, wife, you eventually start to go, hmm, I love being a wife. I love being a mom, but who am I? Um, and I think that we're doing it earlier now. I remember my mom kind of going through it, but she was like, you know, in her 50s, 55. And I think that, you know, the, the newer generations, we're doing it um, at a younger age. You know, we're, we're wanting to be more and to, um, you know, and like I say, I want to leave a footprint of significance in the lives of others in a very positive way. That is what I'm meant, you know, what I'm meant to do. So I wanted to be able to speak to other women. Um, to be able to let them know that through cannabis, we could save our communities, you know, um, and nobody will get mad at me because I'm going to say Pookie, but that's just the first thing that came to my head. Pookie went away for a little bit of time because he was trying to break down an ounce to get his baby some backpacks for school. You know, right. you're the one that's been holding him down that whole time. You're the one, you know, more than likely women, we are the backbones of our community and, and we made jerks of our family. So we're the ones that need to educate ourselves so that we can help our men. Um, you know, to 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 come up and to, um, you know, be everything that they are meant to be within this country. If it's through weed, if it's you becoming the next burner, if it's you being a, a, a cultivator, um, if it's you, it's you being the next marketing, you know, cannabis marketer, whatever it may be, this is an opportunity for us to, um, you know, reparations in a, in a way. So I wanted to work with you know, who I feel men are powerful, we're, all, we're equal, but we don't play. When we want to get something done and we want better for our families and for ourselves, that's what we're going to do. So I wanted women to start with helping themselves first to, you know, put their health first, to put their, you know, their, their dreams and desires to put that, it's okay for you to have that and still be a mother and still be a wife. Um, so cannabis has helped me to, to do that. Um, you know, how, sorry. Oh, no, good. Now, how has the response been from the community in regards to your podcast and the, the subject matters that you talk about? Um, especially, I mean, I don't know who you're, is, I know besides the cannabis part is your target mm -hmm. audience. Who else is your target audience and how have they responded to your podcast? I um, have actually had really good response. Um, <laughs> my husband is the greatest producer ever. He checks, you know, our analytics often. And um, I actually am, my largest market is males between the age of, when was it, was it 34 and 48, 50? Um, so I think that's fantastic. Um, that's if somebody's able to kind of sit down and, and listen to me talk about Laguna Beach randomly or, you know, how much I love Drake or, you know, <laughs> so right. just being a woman, if they if they could sit down and enjoy what it is that I you know that I um that I that I'm giving, but also walking away with a wealth of knowledge, I you know I can't ask for anything more. 
Um, I've also had a lot of people, especially men who come to me for career advice. Um, you know, I, I am not, you know, Jeff Bezos, we know from being entrepreneurs that money does just not start rolling in all of a sudden. So multiple streams of income has become a huge part of who I am as well, as well. Okay. Um, my husband's always like another affiliate. Yes. Another one. Uh, it doesn't hurt. So I love telling people about, you know, different opportunities that they never could think of. Um, I'm a brand educator, not a brand ambassador. Um, cannabis needs education, not somebody to be a cheerleader. Uh, so if you, and I say this all the time, especially black men, you know, slick tongue, you know, can uh, sell, sell ice to a uh, uh, igloo, like E40 says. If you could, you know, you can do that and uh, you can definitely get into being a brand educator, especially if you are passionate about cannabis and all of the different, um, you know, products that are out there now. That's a great way for somebody to get their foot in the door. Um, and then, you know, kind of go from there. So, I've actually had very good res response. Um, I have an episode that I do once a month called Pussy Power. And, you know, it's, it's for the ladies, but I get, a lot of, I get a lot of my male viewers who send in a question or um, I've had, a, you know, I, I have a studio in my house, so we'll have live episodes sometimes. And, you know, it ends up just being a, a, uh, a good night of laughing games, mm -hmm. great communication between, you know, men and women. and then. Also, as women, we're helping to lift each other up. I always say, you know, don't knock over that crown. We want to help, you know, to straighten that up on, on a right, clean right. head. So um, I, I love to highlight when people are, you know, pursuing what they're meant to do. I have to say that if during COVID you were doing, you know, you, you ended up in 2021 doing the same shit you were doing in 2019, I can't mess with you. Um, that was a great opportunity and a message from the universe letting us know that this was our time to better ourselves and to, um, you know, to take opportunities and to take advantage of the of opportunities that were being provided to us. All right. So how how has, um, now I know, I know you, you've referenced your husband a lot and how supportive he's been with you on your journey. How has podcasting helped you, you, your family and your relationship with your husband? How has it helped you guys? Because I think that's also important. You know, a lot of times people are doing it by themselves. They don't have the full support of their family. We do have members in the group who, who are teams. They do it with their wives or their husbands or their significant other. Um, but we don't really hear podcasters talk about that that much, right? And it's very important when we go on these endeavors because they're very time consuming that we have proper supports in, in, in our lives. How, is, how has this helped you guys or how has this affected your relationship? Um, it's helped tremendously. We are, we've spent a lot of time together. We have been together 20 years. And um, in that 20 years, I think we've been apart maybe a total of two and a half, three weeks, you know, wow. when I worked here and there and things like that. He coaches uh, basketball, um, high school and college. So, you know, tournament time, he goes away, but I'm usually just a few hours behind him going to, 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 to be with them. Um, you know, the support I have to say, um, as, as a woman and as a, um, as a wife, you know, being a, being a mom is a thankless job sometimes, um, a lot of the time. And, you know, being in relationships and you just kind of going with the flow and things like that, sometimes, you know, uh, your significant other may not get the opportunity or, that, you know, time doesn't allow. Life, you know, gets in the way. 
to tell you how much they appreciate you and how proud they are of you. Um, with him being my producer, I get that every time I record. I know how proud of me he is. Um, I know that he is never, he's not going to let me, you know, quit. Um, and it, it makes me feel like I am as proud. I'm, I'm a beautiful, proud, proud, proud wife. Okay. Always say when he has this 30 for 30 episodes, because he will, um, I'm going to get my own, my own episode. They're going to be like, man, I'm here because I'm going to have so much to say. But um, I think that when you work together, it allows for you to become stronger, to have better communication. And without having it to be said, you know how much you appreciate each other. Um, now, for my boys, I have a 24-year-old. I know. How is that possible? Um, 24-year-old son who lives in L.A. He's first real relationship. So as long as he doesn't ask me for anything to be sent on Cash App, he's doing great. <laughs> um, and then I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, all boys. Um, my 10-year-old wants to start his own podcast um, doing anime. Um, my 13-year-old knows that he, you know, he is he's basketball. That's his, his, pas his passion, his, his, you know, his path. So he always says, you know, when I'm um, when I'm hosting NBA on TNT with uh, Shaq, you know, I'm going to always talk about how, you know, my mom was podcasting three or four days a week and how that motivated me. And so it's it's awesome. It makes me feel really good as well that even though I tell my 13 year old, you're not supposed to watch the episode. All of a sudden I'll see him commenting in the live chat or something like that. <laughs> um, so it is very beneficial because my whole goal is wanting to pass down generational wealth and for them to understand that they never have to work for anybody, never have to work for anybody. And I want that message to continue to be passed on throughout our community. They're not going to give us like Dave Chappelle reparations where we go line up and get checks and everything. This is how we're going to be able to even the playing field. And like I said, live our best lives um, and the lives that we're supposed to live. Um, and so I think that when you do something together as a family, it, it just kind of brings you closer together. Um, but it also is a great example for the children to see their parents working together. Um, you know, and, to, and I know that I'm much yeah. happier. I think that I'm a much, much better mother. I know that I'm a much better wife um, because I'm not working, you know, making somebody else look good. I'm doing, right. like, you know, like I said, what I'm purposed to do. Well, I'm going to encourage you to get your son, if that's what he wants to do, to, to start rolling it out. Because, you know, um, the younger generation mm -hmm. is one of the fastest growing markets in podcasting right yes. now. So, and especially for us, I don't know if you're aware of the Black Podcasters Report recently, but, you know, our community is growing with that, too. Mm -hmm. and, and from the money point of view, we tend to have a better brand uh, connection mm -hmm. from advertiser to listener. Yeah. Um, so for his age group, I think that would be great, you know. Um, by the time he he reaches you know the ages when we got life started, he'd probably get already be a millionaire by then, you know. So it's, it's, I want him to be like, what's the name, Mister Beast? <laughs> I'm, I'm I want him to be like that. That dude's bringing yeah. in like so, beast. And you guys have the studio already, so you know one yeah. of the biggest expenses you already have. So and yeah. you, got, you got your your husband who's the producer, so you know he he's he set up for success. Yeah, um, yes, I, I look forward yeah. to that. It's it's grades and uh, you know activities. He plays baseball. Um, he just found out today that he got the solo singing the Black National Anthem. So I was very oh, proud of him. Congratulations. Um, for that. Um, 
But yeah, he he's in love with anime. He definitely thinks that he is is Japanese. He really said, "Can we um, do our ancestry?" Because I think we we have Japanese in our blood. And I was like, "Oh, you can think that." Maybe, me, me. <laughs> um, but he already knows he wants to study abroad. Um, but he loves he's he's a great artist. He loves anime. And I said, you know, I think it'd be really good for you to to do a review. You know, to watch one of your your animes and to kind of tell each episode one by one. Um, I host the Boondocks podcast, and that's how we do that. And um, you know, he's very excited about it. Um, so so. You know, we uh, yeah, we let us know. You know, you let us know because that's our associations for all age groups and it's for all all black podcasters. So we definitely oh, support definitely. that. You know, and I'm I'm really like myself. I'm starting to work on some programs, working with the youth and getting them involved in podcasting. So I think it's I think it's very important. It's important for them for their voices to be heard as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this is like they're a so business. Yeah. This is like more of a family smart. business. Yeah, and it's yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's very good to, um, like, for my son, you know, like I said, affiliate, that's how I use my sponsorship. So if anybody's wondering, oh, how do you monetize? Well, let's talk about affiliate. that. So how does how does your podcast uh, work for your business? Because I know you said you have multiple streams of income and you're very business-minded. So let's talk about that real quick. So I, um, my podcast vary a bit. So for each one, I focus on products, you know, brands or whatever that has to do with, you know, that that product so for cannabis of course you know um i don't want to call it a head shop but you know where you can get your dab rigs and whatever else um and uh cbd is huge to me huge 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 and so i work with the first um cbd black owned cbd company um uh homes organic so i work with them um you know just whatever i find honestly if i find i really am what sales did give me was the ability to product knowledge and to find out something that I truly believe in. Um, so that's what I do. Um, you know, for my Boondocks podcast, we had uh, Funko Pops made of us. So yes, I have a Funko Pop. Um, we have, you know, merch and things like that. Um, for my other podcast that my husband and I do together, that's more adult. So more adult products and things like that that I, you right. know, that I use as affiliates. Um, and I really try to work with entrepreneurs. Uh, my husband hates it, but I believe it's good karma that I'll just say, hey, let's collab. You know, this will be, you. I'll do an ad for you, you do one for me, you come on my pod, I'll come on yours. Um, and, you know, because when it, you know, when, when, when the time comes, you know, I'm sure my pockets will be lined, you know, from that or however karma would like to pay me back. Um, but it is, uh, it's very important to understand the power in our dollar and the fact that we are so resourceful. And I love that you said that as, as a community and as black people, we have a great connection between, um, you know, brands and ad and things like that. And it's because we're passionate. We are passionate people and not really too good at, you know, BSing. So if it's not a good product, you're probably going to hear about it, even though they're going to be talking about it. You know, so I think that's what makes us so good at it and so attractive to, you know, to um, to brands is, uh, you know, just that longevity um, that, like I said, that honesty. And we are some creative, hilarious people. OK, so if we, could, you know, make somebody's brand, um, you know, even more likable by our humor or just by the way, you know, our delivery, then why not? You know, and right, right. especially for cannabis. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but we're not going to have, you know, four 
commercials during the Super Bowl? Anytime soon. It's probably going to come, but no time soon. So cannabis companies have to really pivot and think about how they're going to market and, and do their advertising. And uh, using brand educators such as myself and using, I think, podcasters is a great way to do it. Right. I know, um, I know, you're, you know, you have a schedule to keep, so I'm going to wind this down. But um, one thing I do, I do want to ask you a question. What, kind, what advice would you have for people in our community who are looking to get started in podcasting? And what, is, what, what would be one thing, if you could go back and change, what would be one thing you would change in your journey in podcasting? Um, first and foremost, I doubted myself. Um, when I first started, I had three um, co-hosts. And I didn't want to admit it, but when it came down to the time when it was only me, I was like, oh, I was kind of using them to, you know, to, to, you know, to kind of alleviate, you know, the backlash or people saying this or people saying that or whatever it may be. And I was like, no, I need them. And my husband's like, you don't. You are the Mary J. Maven. You don't. Like, it's great that you have them, but you do not need them. Right. And, um, you know, that that self-doubt and the, that criticism and kind of the bad habits that, you know, I had before beginning on my journey just kind of crept back in there. Um, and I just had to have a come to Jesus talk with the, you know, with the hubby and really um, be accountable, which is a huge thing. That's something that I would you know say as well. Be accountable and be real. You cannot lie to yourself. You can lie to everybody else, but you know deep down when you're laying in bed or when you're in the shower and you're brushing your teeth, you're thinking like, oh, you know, you're only, it's only to your detriment, not to anybody else's. People are going to keep on doing what they do, whether you, you know, you hit your goal or you, you know, you live, live about your dreams or not. So um, be ready because when it starts to happen, it can be a little bit scary, but it is, it is probably one of the best feelings um, as well. Um, I remember driving to work when I used to work in call centers and seeing people like loving that they were going to work. And I'm like, man, I don't care how much sync or whatever else I listen to. Like nothing is getting me that excited to go to work. But I remember saying, I want to be that way one day. And, and I am now. So, that's, that's um, sorry. Sorry about that. No. Um, <laughs> I'm under law. Uh, so yeah, so I, um, definitely, I would say don't, you're going to have doubts, but use those doubts as fuel. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, discover, define, and just live within your passion and purpose. And don't ever waver from that. Um, living with passion is an amazing thing. People say all the time, you just speak someone's passion. I'm like, well, thank you. I'm glad that's coming across. That's how it should be in whatever it is. I don't care if you are underwater basket weaving. I don't care if you're making you know, uh, cannabis edibles. I don't care if you're making earrings. I don't care what it is. If that's what truly makes you happy, that's what you should do each and every day. Right. Um, and we have a story to tell as black people. I mean, as people of color, amazing stories to tell. And there's so many of us that go, oh, I wanted to write a book. Oh, I wanted to do this. Well, now is the time to do it. I mean, um, right. That, that's one reason why I wanted to do this um, with the media moderators um, and the group. We talked about doing this for a while. And that's why we like, because all of you guys as podcasters have different paths, different um, obstacles that you've overcome. And even though this is about your podcast, right, it's also about you as a host and, and as a black podcaster and the journey you've been on mm-hmm. to get to this point where you're at or to get to the point that you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that we highlight it because one thing we need to people understand is you know i hate saying this but we're not uh 
we're not all the same, right? We're not uh, monolithic, right? We all have just, different. Well, I was just going to say that. Just <laughs> so, going to say we, yeah, we're not. You know, as so, as much as they try to make us, we're not. Right. So, like, you being a black woman talking, you know, being an advocate for cannabis and having a, a, a cannabis-related uh, podcast, it's, that's, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Because wow. usually I see guys with it. It's far in between that you see, uh, you know, a, a solo podcast at that, too. So um, it's, it's important that we get these stories out and learn who you are. Like, you have a very interesting story. And, you know, I'm happy to hear about you and, you know, how you, you and your, your husband work together because that's another story that we don't hear a lot about and we need to start highlighting those things. So um, with that, I'm going to segue into just what does it mean for you to be, um, I mean, we kind of got the impression already, but to be a black podcaster as well as um, a part of our community because, uh, you know, everybody that comes on the show is a part of our community. And I just want, you know, the world to know what it, what it, maybe what has the community done for you or just your opinion on what on the community as well. Um, it, overall, it has, it's really validated, um, what I've always felt, you know, when you're a little kid and you're like, I want to, you know, you dream, I used to think I was going to be Janet Jackson. You couldn't tell me I wasn't, um, you know, I've always done something that has done with entertainment. Um, and to finally have it come to fruition and to have it come to fruition through something that I'm in control of. And that allows me to be creative. I, I can tell you now, when I'm not being creative, it's not right. It's, and that's the type of people. If you're a creative type person, when you're not creating, it's like you're, you're, you're stifling yourself. Um, so it's, it's awesome to be able to, you know, if I'm feeling kind of spicy because I got behind, you know, you know, six drivers of um, Priuses and we know they are the worst drivers ever, you know, all day. And I want to get on the podcast and complain about it. I can, um, you know, and, and I love being able to do that. I honestly feel like I've never been more me than I am when I podcast, um, when I'm able to create. And that's why it's gone from one to four, because I have so many different interests and there's so many different, um, you know, facets of me. Just as every, you know, um, person out there, every adult, we have a story to tell, whether it's traumatic, whether it's inspirational, whether it's you know, uh, the manosphere and those red pill, blue pill type stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're, right. they, yeah, there's an audience for it. Um, right. And if you're responsible with what you're doing and the message that you're putting out there, um, you know, then I think it's only going to continue to be a positive aspect of our community's growth and the story that our ancestors are going to be able to tell um, years and years and years from now. You know. Um, we are storytellers, you know, we, we come from, from that. Um, and we don't need to stop. There's so much more than, you know, stories that we have to tell. And I love it. If people are just getting around talking about football, um, if women are getting around talking about your makeup, I don't care what it is. Just, just do it because there's somebody out there that you're touching and changing their lives and also yours. And that's a beautiful thing. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, Thank you for being here. Really appreciate learning more about you and your and your podcast. Um, but we gotta get to the most important part. How can people find out about your podcast? Now I know I have your website and your Instagrams, your Facebook and your YouTube. So I'm gonna yeah. put that across the screen. But um, if you want to talk about how people can get in touch with you, as well as if they're interested in learning more about just the cannabis industry in general, I yeah. think that would be good too. Please reach out. I talk to everybody. 
um, especially if you know we're in person. If you're in California, Northern California, I'm a hugger. I will stop and talk to you. My husband rolls his eyes, but he just kind of finds himself a seat and he just allows me to do it. Um, reach out, please. Instagram, that is that's me. Okay. I, I live, you message me. Um, I respond faster on Instagram than I do emails, you know, and anything else. Okay. Um, but any social media, you can find me, my website, of course. Um, please like, subscribe, um, and, you know, catch up. I knew he was going to, I knew he was going to tell me to say that, um, to my podcast. We are live, um, every week. Season three is actually going to be starting this evening. Um, and we go live on YouTube. I love the audio and the um, and the visual. So we're on all platforms as well. Um, and we are actually part of a radio um, company or radio station called Full Swap Radio. So you can also find my podcast, all of them, on Full Swap Radio okay. as well. Um, and please go create a uh, account and vote for the Mary Jane Maven for Best Cannabis Educator. Um, and you guys have a, I think it's 50 more days that you can vote every single day. Where's that at? What do they find that at? That is orangecountycannabisawards.com. Okay. Orangecountycannabisawards.com. Make sure you guys go and vote for Menage with the Mary Jane Maven. Um, I guess they have it listed on the category. Yeah, so there's tons of categories actually. There are um, I, there's best, category uh, of cannabis, cannabis education. Chef. Yeah, okay. um, so I'll say definitely best cannabis chef, Chef Matt. Um, best worldwide influencer is gonna be bad Miss Bad Mother Puffa herself. Um, and yes, these are all people of color. So get on there, you know, vote for who who your favorite or. Go ahead and make sure that we have some color at this awards in January. All right. Thank you, Tiffany. And um, thank you to your husband as well and your family. Um, hope you guys have a happy holiday. Uh, we're going to wrap up. So um, thank you guys for checking out the spotlight. Um, we meet every Tuesday at 12 p.m. We do live sessions every Tuesday, 12 p.m. and Friday at 8 p.m. So you can check us out on Facebook and our YouTube channel. Um, it's the Black Podcasters Association. Upcoming this Tuesday on December 7th, we're going to have another uh, member of our group. Our name is Jarell Simpson, and her she's the host of the Floor Podcast. So make sure you check it out. If you'd like to learn more about the Black Podcasters Association or join our official Facebook group, you can check out the links in our bio or in the description, as well as you can head over to our website, blackpodcastersassociation.com, and get information there and also sign up for our newsletter. So with that, Again, thank you, Tiffany. Really appreciate having yeah. you here. And um, we'll definitely be looking out for your your, your podcast and keep us and updated just, on everything that's yeah, going on. And I just want to say thank you so much to to you and to, um, you know, other platforms such as like Afros and Audio that are really trying to make a community for, um, you know, for podcasters and people of color. We need yeah. it. We need to come together, um, you know, and uh, you guys are doing this fantastic. Oh, we love Afros and Audio over here, so... <laughs> Yeah. I was a presenter actually. All right. I would love to have you on my podcast as well. So we'll talk I'll about that. Yeah. We can talk and we'll, we'll set all of that up. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. All right.